When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crypto Logic Podcast. Today I have a very special guest in the building. This is episode 198. We have the great Prosperity Fund, aka Ari. And uh, what's good? Yo, he's a fellow XRP family member. He, He's been making content on TikTok for crypto. He has over 20,000 followers. Yeah. <laughs> so I have his uh, page here pulled up on TikTok. So you guys need to give him a follow. Follow. Click on his link tree. Go to his Twitter. Go to his YouTube. I'll link everything in the description. But yeah, welcome to episode 198. How you doing, my brother? Pleasure to have you on. Happy to be here, man. You're one of the best. XRP hey, family. Let's go, XRP family. No. Dude, I, I remember when we first, like when I first started TikTok and I saw you uh, posting. You had another page at first. I don't know. I forgot what it was. I don't know if you remember that. It was like another page, and then it wasn't TikTok. It wasn't crypto related. And you yeah. you started sending me like like links and hey, dude, check this out. And then you were sending like like your videos. And yeah. I remember we were interacting that way. It was like last year. It was like early. Yeah. So I I kind of got into the whole TikTok thing because I was like, this is this is the future platform. Um, in my opinion, like when it comes to crypto, I think that uh, you have to be on Twitter, YouTube, yeah. And, yeah. and and TikTok. Those are the three main keys, in my opinion, uh, of where crypto information is constantly there. And even if you do all the research in the world, like you still need to be aware of like everything that's actually happening. Yeah, that that's 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 true. So um, one thing I want to uh, like start off with is is sure. about your journey. Is um, how did you? Cause I know we just had a, like a quick conversation from there in the beginning in regards of like, Oh, like we're just sending each other stuff, sending each other news and sending each other like our videos and stuff. Like what right. made you transition or, or start talking about crypto or getting into or got into crypto in the first place? Like when did that happen and how did creating content about it happen? Right. Right. So it's a good question. So, uh, I actually, um, I went to business school, um, graduate level business school. So I got my MBA master's in business degree from Georgetown university in Washington, DC. Oh, okay. And I, I did the traditional like MBA and I, I really excelled in like the venture capital space and finding innovative companies. And it's interesting while I was in school, I didn't really go into crypto as much. I was more focused on the fundamentals mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how to venture capital, how to speak, how to present, how to do elevator pitches and all. And I won a bunch of venture capital competitions. That was pretty cool. Um, and But then and what I realized after I left school in about 2021, I was like, hey, you know, crypto is this really innovative opportunity. Why am I looking at the traditional fintechs? Let me look at the crypto fintechs. They're doing obviously this huge, uh, huge network. And then obviously, you know, you start off, with, you know, in your Coinbase and you get your Bitcoin, you get your Ethereum, you get, and you start with the big ones. And then you start looking into, hey, what are all these old coins? And then the more research that I did, you know, I had to approach this like I approach anything else. Um, you know, as an MBA student, you have to be, you know, a now graduate. You have to you have to be very, very careful about the investments that you make because at the end of the day, you can be the richest person, but you only have a limited amount of, of money to put in the pie. 
And you got to figure out what makes the smartest sense, what has the best return, and what is the best risk to reward ratio. So when I started getting into uh, XRP, I actually, I'm not sure. I might have seen a video about it, and then I did some research. And when I started doing research, like, usually I can tell right away if there's just something interesting. And then I thought XRP was just super interesting to me. Uh, I thought it was very innovative, and I like innovative and um, disrupting technologies. Yeah. When I was in Georgetown, we visited all the big companies like Google, Yahoo, Netflix, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I just was very into innovation and, and changing the way things are done. And I think XRP is obviously uh, one of the top choices, in my opinion, assuming we got that that case going in our direction, <laughs> obviously, with the settlement or or they win the case. You know, some all, we'll talk about that. But um, but yeah, so I got into this NBA thing. And then um, and then eventually I actually run. I'm actually starting. I, ha- I was working for a fund for years doing specialized investments. Um, and now we're actually hopefully launching this summer the Prosperity Master Fund, which is going to be like a large investment fund uh-huh. that encompasses a few different areas, not only crypto, but like insurance, real estate, equities, private equity. But obviously, you know, your boy Prosperity Fund's running the prosperity, you're running the crypto section. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're going to get raised institutional um, and family office money to basically, you know, hit the market at large. So, the whole reason I got into TikTok was because I thought that it was a really easy medium. Like I didn't have tons of time originally when I first started out. And I originally was doing like some fitness stuff for like helping people with nutrition and fitness during COVID because people had preconditions and it was trying to help people. But then I, I, I kind of ventured off of that and I was like, no, let's go to my original you know, thing that I'm passionate about, which was, you know, innovative technologies that can help the world. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Ripple and XRP made it to my desk. And then the more research I did, the more I was just intrigued and interested. And then I put some money in and then I put some more money in and now I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's go. Dude. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. You're saying. Uh, so I actually did something. So it was an interesting math. I was, um, so, so originally I had like Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, and then I started getting to all the altcoins. Um, I still love all my altcoins, but in a bear market, I'm really right now, or bear, you know, whatever bear market. I'm basically sh- I shifted originally everything back into Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP because I thought those are like the key majors. They've yeah. been around for a very long time. They have a lot of liquidity. Whenever I look at something, I want to see like what is the volume. Yeah, you know, if they have a very high volume. That means there's a very high supply and demand interest that's going on. And for me, that was important. So I limited myself to that. And then at some point, I was like, listen. If Bitcoin goes to 20,000 or 30,000 and it goes back up to 100,000, let's just say it's at 30,000 now and it goes back up to 100,000, that's a 3x. But if I buy XRP today at 40 cents and then it goes to four bucks, that's a 10x. So there's a greater opportunity to make more money, uh, in my opinion, with XRP. Now, I think that each of those three cryptos have catalysts that are coming up. Mm -hmm. For Bitcoin, it has the regulatory clarity that it's not a security, but the problem is, is that it's not green. And, but you know, the whole new world order is all yeah. like, you know, green and, 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 uh, and all that. So th- they have that going, but the spot ETF, the Bitcoin spot ETF, which Gary Gensler of the SEC is not currently approving, but I believe it will be approved in the future. Um, I, I think that will be a, yeah, that'll be a catalyst for Bitcoin. And then Ethereum obviously has the merge uh, going from proof of work to proof of stake, which is coming up. Um, but I think that's going to be delayed a little bit. We'll see how much of that actually settles right away. And then XRP has the case. So each of the top three cryptos have three catalysts that could make, you know, monumental growth in, in, in the industry, which obviously will probably carry some of the alts, 
But if you're invested in like, you know, super micro cap alts, you know, you got to be very, very careful. And obviously if you have leverage, which I don't necessarily recommend for anybody, it, 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 you can get rocked. So you have to be very, very careful with all those things. But yeah, that's, that's kind of like where, how I got into it, where I'm up to. And right now uh, things could change based off of like leverage and just different risk factors. But um, right now I'm all in on XRP, 1 million XRP. That, wow. is the, that is the bag. That is my personal bag. Wow. Um, obviously, wow. my, my fund has, you know, more traditional investments. So I'm not speaking on behalf of the fund right now. I'm speaking on behalf of me. Yeah. But, uh, but in terms of my and my risk to reward ratio, I, I think it's the best bet because if they win, they win big. Um, and, and, you know, if, if at any point I felt like the XRP case was going in a different direction, I, you know, I think XRP is a great investment now. If it changed, I would change, you know, I'd diversify a little bit more. I would go back into maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum and leave some XRP on the side. So right now, obviously, I'm very bullish on the case because I think we could either have, if we get, in my opinion, if we get the Hinman emails and both judges approve of it, mm-hmm. it's game over. I think they're going to have a settlement. That's my opinion, not financial advice. But who's doing it? Who's that doing it? No, I saw that uh, on June seventh. There's like some. T- there's another uh, meeting. Uh, I didn't re- fully read it, but that, it's regarding the Hidman emails. But yeah, the Hidman emails are like the critical aspect that we're waiting on, and that that's if that gets approved or when I should say it's approved. Let's it's game set match. It's 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 by end of the year. I think maybe early 2023, but by end of the year, we're gonna have like an idea of like where this is gonna go. Right. And it's just, it's just uh, like XRP is one of those tokens. It's like one of the first ones that I researched out of the Dogecoin hype, right? Because that was initially one of the first things I bought in. Right. Obviously brought me in and made me like, and I was like, all right, there has to be more to this than just meme hype. There's where's the real utility at, you know? And I, and for some reason I went down XRP, shout out to Coach JV also, because that's also who brought me in because I was following him on TikTok prior, wasn't making any content yet. And XRP is one of those tokens. Once you do a little bit of research, you just fall in love with 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 what the hell they're 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 planning and what they've been doing for the past ten years, pretty much. Right. And you could see the partnerships. You could see the use case. You could see that they're being utilized amid a lawsuit. It's just the U.S. that's that's pretty much um, cornering right. them off a little bit, right? Because of this lawsuit. And then you start researching the lawsuit. And that's when I started <laughs> seeing like, oh man, this is not just no ordinary lawsuit. This is some conspiracy right. stuff here. Right, like it's a it's a gamble or a bet, whatever you want to, however you want to take, look at it. That I'm willing to take, you know, and and seeing like the the, the actors that are involved, right, Jay Clayton, uh, Bill Hinman, and seeing how they left and then went to go and and advise or work with firms that invest in Ethereum and XRP right. was I think above Ethereum in market cap like a few years ago. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was just like it's just like wait, why are you you're going after the one of the only U.S. based crypto networks or or companies, Ripple. Like you can't go after anything else that's not in the U.S. like Binance or anything else like that. So you you target right. XRP and XRP is uh, is has the potential to surpass Ethereum. Ethereum has no CEO essentially. It's quote unquote decentralized. It has a, a right. developer group and everything, core developer team. So you could kind of like manipulate it with 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 cash flow. You can't, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, hundred so, percent. So that's how I looked at it. I was like, oh, they they wanted Ethereum. Ethereum was is easy to be to be manipulated by anyone who has capital. Whereas Ripple has a CEO, has like a corporate structure. You know what I'm saying? In regards to the company, so 
that's where I was like, oh, now it's like a conspiracy. Now you can believe whatever you want in regards of like, is it a conspiracy? Is right. it not? And I just, I choose to believe like, okay, XRP is being suppressed. It's being targeted and it's being attacked. So the, the bet on this the lawsuit ending in their favor where literally the sentence of it's not deemed a security will change the li- entire landscape of crypto. And it's all because of this token right here. Right. Like, <laughs> and the, pr- the proof is in the pudding because yeah. if you look back at the 2018 speech that Phil Hemming of the SEC Corporate Finance Division gave, they literally have, a, I saw a clip where they show you, like he mentions that Ethereum currently would not longer, no longer be considered a security, putting aside the original sales, which they're probably going to go after Ethereum for the original sales, even if you do think they got a free pass. But the point is, I think what's interesting is you see these guys on the news and they're like, whoa, Ethereum just shot up on price. So everybody knows that the suppression is tied to the regulatory clarity. So the Bitcoin and Ethereum got regulatory clarity, their price skyrocketed. It's literally within an hour of the announcement. So we know that the announcement obviously had a major market impact. And that's why I think that XRP getting a judge to provide clarity mm-hmm. it will become the law of the land. So um, it doesn't matter if, even if the SEC were to appeal the case, from my understanding, it doesn't matter because once the law, once the judge rules on it, the final judge, Judge Torres in the yeah. main case, yeah. That becomes the law of the land, even if they try to appeal it. They could try to appeal it, but it doesn't. But it doesn't change the fact that it's now the law. Now, what's really happening? It's interesting. Is I don't know if, you're, if anyone hasn't followed John E. D. In one on Twitter, you need to. John D. In yep. started yep. Crypto uh, Law US. I think it's Crypto Law US, and he basically has been pushing for you know investigations into this whole case and putting pressure on them. And there we go. There we go. And um, I encourage all of you to get involved. Um, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more involved than, than the average person, but um, everyone can, you know, you can sign up a quick form. Definitely follow all the news. Keep up, up to date with everything. But in my opinion, we get regulatory clarity. It's going to have that same effect that Ethereum had yeah. after that 2018 speech. So it's, it's, it's not even like a question. Even the biggest XRP haters and doubters, have said that if they win the case, it's going to probably two dollars and fifty cents. The biggest so, haters <laughs> own XRP too. I know, I know. Not to, not to, not to like throw anyone under the bus, but like you know, bare naked crypto. He's, yeah. a, he's a good guy. He's an interesting guy, and and, and he, uh, he he like sometimes rags on XRP or whatever. But he told me, I, he said, I think in one of his videos that he has a he has an XRP moonbag. So everybody's got a moonbag. You know what I mean? Everyone's got nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with it. Um, and, and that's kind of kind of where I see it happening. I just think XRP has the best use case. The, the concern that I have about Bitcoin is that it's like it's like a interesting thing. It, it's it was meant to be a peer to peer payment system. Mm-hmm. XRP is a better Bitcoin. Don't forget, David Schwartz was originally a Bitcoin developer. They they started the XRP ledger to be a better, faster Bitcoin, a greener one. And, and the problems with Bitcoin still exist. And even if you think, oh, well, Bitcoin has the Bitcoin Lightning Network. I did a whole video explaining how Bitcoin Lightning Network doesn't fi- figure out all these issues. There's pre-funding issues that are related to it. There are security risks that are related to it. You know, so, so the XRP ledger solves a lot more of those issues. And what I've come to, to learn is that Ripple, forget about partnering up with the World Economic Forum, and they have people on their board that are just amazing. I mean, one of the, those are huge signs, but what's interesting to me was, and what made me probably the most bullish, at least initially, before I did a lot of research on it, um, 
was Rosie Rios. Rosie Rios is the, the former yep. U.S. Yeah. treasurer under Barack Obama. And her name is literally on the $100 bill. Like, I think $1.8 trillion. $1.8 trillion out of $2 trillion. Out of like two, there's like $3 billion has her name on it. And she was recently at the White House. And she was on both Obama's and Joe Biden and President Biden's uh, 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 transition teams. Why is that important? Because whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, if the Dems are the ones in power, she has the inside track to all these people because she worked on both teams. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, that's... that's that's bullish. But what's even more bullish is the fact that she joined during the lawsuit. Yes, she didn't join, yes. you know, in 2016, 2017, 2018, when things were popping off. She joined during the lawsuit. But why would a treasurer of the United States connected to the government, the highest levels, risk her reputation to join a, a company, to be on the board of a company uh, that's undergoing a lawsuit against the government? It makes no sense unless they're very confident that things will work out one way or another. Yep. Another interesting thing that happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and I, and I, and I what, what's interesting to me even more is, you know, I just saw recently a video. Uh, she, she works on the show of Unicorn Hunters, and she recently said, you know, I put my name very carefully for things that I'm attached to. And I was like thinking, well, you put your name on Ripple during a lawsuit. What does that say? And what's interesting is President Biden just nominated Michael Barr, uh, who's a former Ripple board member as well to the federal reserve to like a senior position in the federal reserve mm-hmm. and if he gets appointed now you have people that have either been in treasury or are currently in the federal reserve that have been in some way or one or another attached currently or prior to ripple and the xrp ledger and we already know that brad garlinghouse said that in addition to the cbdc's that we know about like Palau and um and bhutan they have a few other ones in the wings that they, they haven't yet announced <clears throat> and, and I recently just saw a video uh, that was revealed showing that people were saying that they're going to have the, the ledgers are going to be used. Ripple's, RippleNet is going to be used in various functions with stable coins, uh, potentially putting money in a central bank. So a lot of really interesting stuff. And I just don't see any of that type of thing happening with Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, you still have that energy risk. Um, you still have all these players. And like, we don't know who's going to win the next election, you know, exactly. I happen to be independent. I'm not one way or another. Let everyone try to convince me, you know, throw your yeah. money at me. <laughs> um, but, uh, Same. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, but for, but from my perspective, it's, you know, we're going to have to see what happens. I think that if the Republicans win uh, in the midterms, that they're going to grill Gary Gensler in the SEC. Um, but either way, I feel that in the Dem party, there's like a split. You have the, the green you know, attack mode people against crypto like Elizabeth Warren, Senator Warren. And then on the other hand, you also have, you know, you have people like, you know, Rosie Rios and, uh, and, and President Biden with a more, you know, neutral approach. So I'm not here to call anyone out. Obviously, everyone has their own opinion, but it's just in terms of the factually, how is this going to affect the economics? And from my perspective, I just think XRP has the best, best risk to reward ratio in the short term, um, because I'm always looking for long-term potential and short-term potential. And when it comes to short-term potential, yes, Bitcoin could get a spot ETF. Yes, Ethereum could go to the merge, which will only initially start the, with the merge. It's not going to fully transition like, uh, you know, with, with all the benefits of proof of stake right away. It could take mm-hmm. another like, chunk of time for that to happen. But XRP's case is ending at the latest by quarter one of 2023. 
yeah. <laughs> where some people are optimistic it could end the end of uh, end of the year. It gives the judge six weeks to decide, but it's possible it could go to January, February, even March to get the case decided. That's not a lot of t- that's not a ton of time. That's you know less than a year already from now is, is when even at the worst case scenario, that's how long it could go. And if, in my opinion, if we get the Hinman emails, then I think that we know what's in the Hinman emails. We know we don't know exactly what's in the name Hinman emails, but what we do know is they're fighting tooth and nail. The SEC is fighting tooth and nail not to give these documents out. They're 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 contorting themselves into a pretzel to to do that. And so we know that it's either something that doesn't look good for the SEC, possibly something about the Ethereum free pass, or even possibly something beneficial about XRP or XLM. That is that is where I'm at. So whatever it is in there, they don't want it out. And 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 making a deal is all about leverage. Yep. And yep. I think that if we get the Hinman emails, if Judge Netburn approves it, and we should get it, and then Judge Torres upholds it, even if they appeal to the Second Circuit, you know, it has to be approved through Judge Torres to go to the Second Circuit. So I, I think it's game, set, match. And I think that that could, that could be the catalyst to lead to a settlement earlier. And if I, I think if that were to happen, it would probably happen before September, like between August and September, but likely in the September month. Yeah, that in the settlement is, is critical because um, we, we know that Brad Garnhouse has said that a settlement will only be made if the XRP isn't deemed security. <laughs> And right. it's very what I love about it is the fact that the SEC has been used to quick settlements. Whenever they threaten to um, sue, the, right. the the company that they're trying to threaten will cease and desist. Basically, just all right, we'll stop. We're, we won't do what we're planning on doing. Like Coinbase, right? Initially, Coinbase wanted to launch that program, interest program, right, for their holding crypto. Right, the they, Lend program. Yeah, the Lend program. Yeah. They, they, the SEC threatened, hey, we're going to, if you do this, we're going to sue you. They said, all right, they shut it down. Um, and BlockFi got sued, quick settlement. Right. And that, right. that led a cascade effect that made Celsius stop their uh, staking rewards for new uh, deposits for the US. Nexo did the same thing. Even CRO, most people don't think, I don't know if people don't, don't realize it's correlated, it's connected. It, it's connected, I think. CRO changed their rewards per structure. And you start seeing that the SEC have got power hungry. Everyone says that Gary Gensler wants all the control. You see how right. they, 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 they target after all these cryptocurrency um, CEOs, one after another, and they all settle. Quick settlement, $2 million, $10 million, $13 million, whatever. Right. And they just keep, I think USC, didn't they, was USCT still by the SEC or something else? I think, I don't I can't remember if it was SEC. But I, I remember they, were, they, they did a settlement too, but I, just, I don't think it was SEC though. I think it was a different um, branch. But either way, we, we've seen it. You can look it up. The time frame of a settlement was like a couple months or something like that. And Ripple is like the only one that has been fighting back. And I love it. And going to war with them. And like, no, we're not gonna we're going to We're going to war. Yeah. This is Braveheart. This is legit. Yeah, we're not, I, I, honestly, I, I really think that they're too. with confidence. Not only with confidence. You know, you, most people, if they're being sued by the government, would power away in a corner. They're moving yeah, on like nothing's, nothing is happening. They're they're yeah. at the they're on the boards they're on the on the speaker circuit at all the major world, world institutions forum meeting world economic, exactly world economic forum they got people on on the board talking and global channels uh, they have new partnerships CBDC is popping off like <laughs> digital power foundation like, bro it's like it's like yo really so yeah. I, I I think it, I've heard even Ripple employees have said that this is just like a bump in the road for them. Uh, some people look at it as a tax on successful companies. Um, either way, whether it's accurate or inaccurate doesn't matter. I, I can tell you this: that when it comes to 
Ripple, um, you know, you could get equity in Ripple if you want. There's There are ways to do that with like Link2 and Equity Zen where they sell Ripple shares, but that's not XRP. XRP is just an independent cryptocurrency. It happens to be that Ripple owns a lot of it because they were gifted it so they could develop on the XRP ledger. Um, but ultimately, that doesn't mean that they own a lot of it. Exxon owns a lot of gas. Do they? Does that mean that gas is a security of Exxon? Yeah. No, <laughs> gas is a worldwide commodity. So that's kind of the way that we look at it. But what makes me really bullish is um, to say, I have to tell you what I, what I can say on the publicly. But what, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I will say is that um, when, it comes to, when it comes to the Ripple and XRP case, you know, the former SEC attorneys that were in the litigation division, um, Andrew Ceresny, uh, Mary Jo White was in the position chair of the SEC, like the position that Gary Gensler is in now. They're all on the Ripple defense team. Uh, yeah. So you really have like, you know, they have they have that Tenrero guy who's like the chief head of enforcement or now they have this Gerber Grebel guy. They have those people are on their team. So they've got we they got generals. We got generals. So, and I think that means they know where all the bodies are buried, right? Mm. They know what's really going on. Now, they were there from 2000, probably 13 to 2017. So maybe before the lawsuit, they still know the earlier approaches. That's why I think Ripple was like, what about the employees? And what about this? Because they know what they did. You know what I mean? Like she was the, she was the Gary Gensler, Mary Jo White. Um, so so that's, that's pretty cool. It happens to be one of my relatives works at one of the firms that these guys are at. Wow. And, and I asked her, no, not, not obviously personal information, but that would be, you know, you can't do that. But I said, what do you just think of the caliber of some of these people? And they, she said, like, they're the best of the best. You know, it's like Top Gun. I just saw Top Gun, man. Me too. You know? Me too. I love that movie. <laughs> that movie. But, um, but, but, uh, you know, these, these are this is these are the Mavericks. These are the Ice guys. You know, like these guys are coming in there and they're fighting. And I think that's super bullish. Also, Ripple has the money to do it. Most of these other companies are smaller and they don't have the the the, the energy. And and uh, Ripple, they they're here. They want they don't want to just be another company that makes money. They want to be the company. So they're willing to go whatever it takes to be battle tested, not only in the marketplace, but even in, from a government perspective. And I think that that's critical because they're already working internationally. You know, XRP is not considered a security, I believe, in uh, in Switzerland, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, uh, the United Kingdom. You know, all these different places. And um, so, to me, it's like it's, it's pretty obvious what's happening here. Um, listen, so uh, the way I see it is like this. John Deaton tried to make an intervention, right? What was the intervention he originally wanted to do? He came out and said, listen, SEC, your claim is not implying that just the earlier sales of Ripple, of, I'm not saying of Ripple making XRP sales were securities. Um, maybe those early sales were securities, right? Just like Ethereum, the earlier sales, yeah. the ICO, whatever, that would have been a security. But current sales, right? are not considered. So we know that Brad Garlinghouse has said they would not settle unless they say that going forward, sales of XRP are no longer security. So I think that that's the sweet spot where we're going to have to find out who has the most leverage because what I see happening is whether it's a, if it's a settlement, that's what's going to be on. They're going to have to pay a fee for the early stuff. And then Brad said he's not settling unless, unless they get clarity going forward. So that's number one. And alternatively, Another thing that could happen in this particular case is that the judge rules the same way. The judge says, you know what, earlier sales were, were not, were, were not were securities, and now current sales are no longer securities. 
Now they would rather have it enshrined into law than perhaps through a settlement. Yeah. But then again, yeah. forget Ripple wants to IPO after this whole thing is settled. So um, they want to, they don't want, they want to fight the SEC, but they also have to work with the SEC going forward because the SEC has to approve them to go public eventually. So there is a lot of, uh, of stuff happening on the back end here. And so I think that is the sweet spot. Um, I don't think, is it possible Ripple could win the whole thing and say it wasn't a security? Yeah. But do I think it's more likely that either through settlement or through the judge, that we'll just get the fact that going forward sales on a secondary market are no longer securities? That's where I see the best chance of, 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 a, of a conclusion because we know that's what the XRP holders through the amicus curiae brief is, is signing. We're, we're, we provided, Don Deaton announced publicly already that there's affidavits that a bunch of XRP holders signed on saying yeah, either thousands of Ripple, them. either either I didn't know Ripple was a company behind XRP. Uh, I just thought it was just a, a cryptocurrency, and that means I couldn't have had an invested interest for them to work for me because I never invested, or that XRP, uh, or or they invested in knowing that there's Ripple, but they have no attachment to XRP. And he has affidavits like that, so we'll have to see how this all plays out. I know you mentioned the June seventh meeting, and from my perspective, what that's about is it's interesting because she could have just said denied or, or approved. So just for everyone who doesn't under follow, follow what's going on, the SEC wants to shield those Hinman documents, the, the speech, the documents, the edits behind the scenes, and they were already denied on deliberative process privilege to shield the documents. Now they're claiming attorney-client privilege. And so well, they're going back and they're forth, and now they're going to have an in-person meeting. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but it could be that she's raking the SEC over the coals in person and doesn't want to do it publicly. It could be he wants to push a settlement. It could be anything. We don't know. But what we do know is, you know, XRP has a strong case here to, to potentially settle if they get the documents. And even if they go all the way, they have a good chance of, of, of winning. Now, a lot of people, I want to mention one thing that a lot of people, I see a lot of influencers and people out there, they don't really fully understand this. And I was listening to one of the attorneys in the community and he explained it. You know, everyone talks about the fair notice defense. Like this is, this is fair notice defense gold. That's true. And fair notice defense could help protect Ripple, but it doesn't necessarily prove that XRP is yeah. not a security. So it's important to differentiate between the fair notice defense it keeps it and the fight. Until right. the, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that doesn't necessarily prove that XRP is not a security. We're trying to prove that XRP is currently not a security uh, at all, just like Ethereum got their free pass. And that's kind of what, and the SEC is waffling. So that's kind of where I see this all going. And in my opinion, at least as of now, I'm extremely bullish on XRP. I'm all on an XRP, 1 million XRP <laughs> to the moon. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing. I actually just looked up. It said that um, every XRP is actually 1 million drops, right? Whoa. So it's, yeah. So, so technically that's like a billion. <laughs> so I'm a billion drop in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so if no, you, have, you have to just multiply your bag by a million, because that's how many drops you get uh, for XRP. And I think that's why, you know, uh, people are speculating that it could be worth a lot more money because they say, well, it's designed to have these sub levels. You yeah. know, now you start thinking like, oh my God, like yeah. if this thing really gets fully adopted and like the banks and, and, and the central banks and everybody starts using this as like a neutral bridge currency in between the denominated currencies, like, yo, yeah. I'll see you on the yacht, my boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one thing that I, that's I wanted to speak about was um, the fact that uh, you said, Remember how Ethereum did an ICO back in the day, and Bill Henry right. said that all oh, the sales of that is not security, security, security. Well, but, but what I want to relate to that is Hester Pierce. She said that 
um, these currencies, these networks sh- um, should have a grace period to when their token is released onto the market to when their utility is established. So there should be a like she was she's for they call her crypto mom, right? She's for crypto. Right. On top of that, did you hear? I know, you know, we probably know about this, how there are some people in, in part of in a part of the SEC who advised Jay Clayton and them not to go after Ripple. Right. They even a said, Joe was you, a former yeah. member. Yeah. It's like, why are you going after them? You should. This is going to end bad for us, basically. Like, <laughs> and then everybody left the, leaves the SEC in the middle of the case. It just doesn't. It's not a good look. But no, they left the day after they filed the lawsuit or something. No, but I'm saying even like like oh, this month, yeah. more people yeah. left. Up, up, I yeah. thought I thought that they were doubling down because they were trying to like get it. But what I'm reading now through the lines is that. He was trying to hire people because everyone's yeah <laughs> the empower oversight is like suing them, so it's like they're suing for the conflict of interest. So we all know that the 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 the, the, the it was the house of cards is gonna fall down. It's gonna come down. Right. And you're gonna see what happens. And don't get me wrong, like I'm a patriot. Like you know, I'm very grateful for the United States and the country. But the SEC, the people that are in the leadership, just don't have it right. Yeah, and and, and they're they're hurting they're hurting America's ability to succeed in the future, and that is concerning to me. Um, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how, how it all, how it all plays out. But in my opinion, XRP has, it's like Raul Powell, you know, I don't know if you're following him. He's a macro investor, mm-hmm. real vision, and, and he has a very macro view. And it's, it's kind of like, you want to invest in these, uh, disruptors. Disruptors have the opportunity to really blow it through the water. Just like, you know, remember what life was like before Facebook and Instagram and yeah. TikTok. Like it was a different life. Like you, you found your friends on the street because you saw how many bikes were outside. You know, now it's now That's it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's such a different different world. But yeah, it's it's completely different world. It's it's like like I can't I can barely remember what it was like before social media. Now social media is like the norm where like you have like. For a lot of people, they have to showcase what they're eating or what they're doing, where they're going. Like, if you don't, it, it's to the point where if you don't have social media, people call you weird for some reason. Like, right. like, oh, why don't you have an Instagram? Why don't you have a Twitter? Like, like you have no social media, no face, like nothing. Like, you're just off the internet. And they always say, "Well, I got the LinkedIn," you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they just think LinkedIn you're like awesome. my social media. If you have no social media, like no nothing. Do, I, I, do, do you ever sense that? Like, you see some people that like if you, I do, I or, do. I or see that. Not I mean, you think that, but other people think that. Like, I definitely see that other people could think that. I think that just crazy. It's interesting in the profession. And I could be wrong about this, but in the professional space, like I know now work as a fund manager, um, you know, and obviously I have to make different decisions because it's a fund; it's not my own money. Uh, but what I can say is, you know, you look at you look at the world and you see all this stuff happening, and you're just like, man, I wish I got in at 2015 to crypto. Yeah. But that's just that's just the nature of the game. So in my opinion. Even if Bitcoin, if, listen, if you think that Bitcoin is going to a million dollars in the future or even 100,000 or 500,000 or whatever, any astronomical maxi number, doesn't matter because then, you know, XRP moves with the market. So even if you were like this anti-XRP bear, if everything moves the market and it's a clear, and then it's clarity, then XRP would go up astronomically as well, regardless. The only thing that I see as the catalyst with XRP is the case. And on the one hand, I think the case is interesting. On the one hand, it provides negative coverage, but all publicity is good publicity. I think that it actually helps XRP because now more people know about the use case yep. of XRP. Um, I know there's a lot of people in the XRP community that are very into XLM and XCC, and I, I hold I would hold all those altcoins in a bullish trend. Um, but in terms of 
right now, obviously, I think XRP just it has the most partnerships, it has the most history, it has the most rails, uh, and it's got that case, and the case could provide clarity. Now, I might, I honestly think that it's possible that XLM was mentioned because it yeah. says in one of the filings that you know they they, they evaluated a very similar asset. How similar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so that that's interesting to me. But another thing that's interesting to me is that from what I was doing research on, I believe XRP is deflationary, but XLM is inflationary. Now, XLM has half the supply of XRP, but XRP has double the supply, but it's deflationary. And the question is, what's the use case? Right? If you're doing peer-to-peer, if you're doing you know, the back-end uh, stuff. So there's a lot going on in the crypto space. But I'm actually curious about you. Tell me about how you got into crypto. What's up, CryptoLogic podcast listeners? Thank you for listening to part one of episode 198. Part two will come out tomorrow, June 2nd, 2022. In part two, we're going to go over other tokens and more of a deeper conversation about personal entrepreneurship, less XRP-based conversation. So as we decided to split it up to where this one was primarily XRP-related for part one, part two is going to be on a deeper level. So I want to thank you guys for listening so far. Can't wait for you guys to hear part two. Peace.